Welcome to Rooted Light, a show that centers on the path of being human first in the divine play of life on earth. This podcast aims to explore the bridge between mysticism and what it means to be a modern day human who is devoted to full spectrum healing. I am your host, Melanie Custodio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I am so glad you joined me here again for our third episode. I, as of right now, I'm not exactly sure what the title of this episode will be, (laughs) Um, but I will say that it is going to be about me. (laughs) It's going to be quite a bit about me and um, I will be telling the story about what has led me to doing this right now, (laughs) where I am now in my business of Rooted Light and where I think maybe it's going. So I recognize that this is again another personal episode and this one may not be quite as relatable, um, but I got very clear guides saying that it is important for me to to share more about me and my path uh, because I'm sure you would love to know who you're speaking to and what sort of um, not who you're speaking to, who who you're listening to, I should say. And I'm sure you have some curiosity as to what has led me here, maybe. Um, I made my very first episode not that much of an introduction. Um, and if you've listened to it, I explain why is because I don't really want to be caught up in titles. I don't really want to get caught up in roles. I do think that roles are important and our soul's work is important. Um, But I think sometimes we become very, very identified to the roles that we we take on as as being who we are as people and I believe our souls and us as people are so much so much more vast than than the things that we have done and the experiences that we've had and the roles that we perform that is part of it but that's not all of it um so I, this episode will kind in a lot of ways be a little bit more like an introduction of like the roles I've had and the things that I've gone through and yeah and I hope that it sets up a little bit more, um, a little bit more understanding and a little bit more safety when when you speak with me and so that you can really see more of the path that I've walked down. Okay, 
So before we dive in, um, I want to say that I'm so much, I am exploring so much of who I am. And if you've been in my world, you've heard me say this, I've said this multiple times, I will continue to say it over and over again, is that I've I've died and been reborn over a hundred times in just a span of a couple of years, and I don't expect that to change anytime soon. So I am absolutely open to my beliefs, to my um, perspectives, to my roles of them changing and evolving or even ending altogether. Because I've already experienced it happen a number of times. So just bear in mind that anything that I share now, if at some point in the, in the future, a year from now, 10 years from now, I'm saying something completely different or I have a, you know, something that may even be contradictory, just, just, just know that I have never said that I would never change as a human being and that it's okay for me to to have certain beliefs that may shift because that's just part of becoming more of who you are. Um, another thing is I will be speaking a lot about the physical therapy prof- profession And I want to be clear that my opinions do not reflect those of the entire profession, and you will soon see why. And lastly, this episode will kind of talk about healing, both from like a modern medicine standpoint and from a holistic standpoint. Um, But please know that um, anything that I share on this podcast and in other places are not medical advice and should not be construed as such. However, in my opinion, our our bodies are capable of healing, whether with with the system with with the assistance of modern medicine or not. So take that for what it is. Okay. So now we can kind of dive in about me. I, if you, if any of you are familiar with human design, I have the profile line of 1-3, which generally means that I dive headfirst into the nitty gritty of things. I research the crap out of them and I go through being heavily identified with the things that I'm learning and that I'm passionate about. The other side of that is I will go through extremes. So I will be heavily identified with something. I'll be um, know everything about it, and then things will shift. It does something changes. It it doesn't align anymore, or it doesn't fit into my life, and then I I keep going and I go on to the next thing. And so it's a it's a life of trial and error. <laughs> Um, and a part of that has shown up in more external ways, but I would say it's mostly been internal, that, though, that sense of trial and error. Okay, so 
I don't think I'm the only person here who has this experience, but I was conditioned from a very young age to get a good, respectable job that pays well. I do remember from around the age of five years old, I switched around between wanting to be an artist and wanting to be a doctor. So it was like a 50-50 thing depending on the day. And I don't remember a whole lot from my childhood, but I remember my favorite way to occupy my time was creating drawings and coloring. I mean, that's also a lot of kids, but it, it had a very, very special place in my heart was creating art. I also have this vague memory of giving my mom some kind of concocted potion that I made from like random grasses and pine needles and mushed vegetables and asking her to drink it because it would be good for her. Um, so that was just kind of like the little holistic healer in me. And then uh, I also remember being, a, a, again, around the same age and one of my the first toys that I really remember was a Fisher Price doctor's bag that had a blood pressure cuff and a reflex hammer and all of those those things. So, a, I in ways looking back, I can see how you know getting into a profession of being someone who works on healing and works in healthcare was probably something that I wanted to do from a pretty young age. However, when I was a kid, and despite like my, my desire to create art and to be an artist, I didn't really have that many outlets for my creativity. Um, I was told from a young age that artists don't make money and while I didn't really know what money was, I knew that it was something everyone seemed to think was important, and eventually I, I learned that was important. And then flash forward to being a teenager, I had fully convinced myself that I wanted to be a medical doctor. I actually wanted to be a heart surgeon, and I fully committed myself to being the best possible student and to get into a good college, to get into the good medical school, and to, you know, the whole, the whole thing, as you can imagine. It was around this time when I was a teenager that I, you know, pendulum swinged into, into that role of, of being obsessed with science, and I would always, well, I don't know if you are at all familiar with the television series House, but I would watch House and I would think like, oh, just it was, I would get so obsessed with the ana analytical brain. And I, it like pains me to say it, but I was convinced that for me, the, the arts were useless. I, I saw value in art, especially you know, made by others, but to me it was something I decided to completely abandon within myself. The other side of things, though, was as I was a teenager from a young age, um, a young teenager, I should say, I was 
really interested in astrology. <laughs> I didn't have, like, there was no one in my family. I didn't really have any friends who were interested in it at the time. But I, I kind of got into uh, horoscopes and just basic natal, natal chart astrology. And I had also, during that time as a young teenager, had experienced a couple of involuntary astral, astral projection experiences. And so that sort of spurred uh, me on my computer as a young teenager researching, like, what was that? Why did I see myself lying in bed? You know, what what is the soul? What is the aura? What is all this? And so, yeah. <laughs> so I had like these two sides of myself because I, my personality and my ego <clears throat> closely identified with being a smart kid, ready to take on the world. And, but there was like, softer aspects of me and that were hidden in the shadows and they were fascinated by everything mysterious and things that could not be measured but I did not want to admit that to myself I wanted I wanted to be the analytical person I wanted to be in my masculine I wanted to appear to the rest of the physical world in the system that I had value and even though I was intrigued by fringe woo-woo things, as, you know, many people would say, I very much tried to hide it and I very much tried to not have it be part of me. I was just a kid that loved to see connections and synchronicities and horoscopes and learning from physics and playing with tarot cards. That was that was me. So then when I I would say around the time I was 16 and into when I entered college I started learning about teachings around the law of attraction, and I began meditation on a very, very recreational basis, uh, and I started practicing tarot a little more seriously, again, all mostly in private or with people that I really trusted, and it was more of a hobby than anything else. I remained convinced that the way to find joy in life was to work really hard obtain lots of knowledge, and get a good job so then I could relax and maybe pull tarot cards from time to time. Then, at some point in college, I went through some pretty deep karmic stuff in a romantic relationship that I had in college. It got pretty intense in a really karmic way, I guess you could say. But to put simply, I became totally confused around what I wanted to do with my life because things were so complex and complicated in my, my personal life. So my grades suffered a little bit in college around that time and 
they were good, but they were not good enough for medical school. And I was losing a lot of control. And so I really saw after control by quickly creating a plan B for myself. I knew that I wasn't going to go to medical school. From the time I was really young, I was convinced I was going to be a doctor. And then I was like, okay, if I'm not doing that, then what what do I do? And I needed to find out. And I did find out from in a matter of less than six months, I went from thinking I was going to go to medical school to deciding a plan B option, which, which was to go to physical therapy school. And, you know, I do think that major life transitions can happen in a relatively short period of time when they are aligned. That what it wasn't about the timing, it was more of the energy behind it. Because I was in a place where I had no idea. I, I had basically kind of wanted to be a doctor mostly out of societal conditioning and a little drop of, of helping people in their bodies. Um, and now I was left with, I, I didn't know what to do. And I remember at that time when I was in that romantic relationship, I took him, my partner at that time, to a physical therapy appointment. Um, and while I was there, I was able to talk to the a couple of the physical therapists that were there. And I'm not going to lie, I had such like this feeling of like desperation. Like I was like, or maybe I was forcing some type of synchronicity or in in a lot of ways maybe it was a synchronicity but I was asking them do you like your job and both of them immediately said yes and it seemed pretty genuine (laughs) and then I learned a little bit more about it and the way I made the decision was kind of like this makes sense. (laughs) Like it wasn't out of like, oh, that seems like the perfect fit or, or whatever it is. It was just kind of like, huh, I have most of the prerequisites to go to physical therapy school already. I was already intrigued by human anatomy and this focuses more on, you know, gross human anatomy And I also, like, would still have, like, my ego really liked the idea that I would still be able to check the box that I became a doctor. Because to be a physical therapist now is a three-year graduate program, and it is a clinical doctorate. And so a part of me was still caught on that doctor idea and thought that that would still kind of make me feel better about it all. So I didn't really, like I said, I didn't really give myself an opportunity to just sit in a place, in a, in a limbo period. I had to have an agenda. I had to have a plan. I had to be working towards something. So 
I got into physical therapy school. It was three years. It was quite difficult. Um, And to be honest, the entire three years just felt like a big blob. And I can't really distinguish one year from another. It really just started to feel like Groundhog Day. Um, However, there were some very interesting things that happened to me personally during that time. So we'll just put a big asterisk there. So the summer before I started graduate school, I experienced, I would say, I mean, I would call it more of a somatic release. I don't think this was the full kundalini experience quite yet. But I was in Guatemala, I was receiving some energy work, um, and that wasn't a regular thing for me, by the way. I think it might have been the first or the second time ever in my life I had done anything like that. And, you know, it wasn't anything uh, particularly, I mean, she was a great healer and, and whatnot, but it wasn't anything particularly special and we there was no goal of anything but I had this major somatic release on the table so I had involuntary movement shoulder rolls specifically that lasted for a few days and that was the summer before I began physical therapy school and I was like what is going on with my body is there something to this this stuff that we can't see um it, it sort of kind of messed with my brain a little bit. And then about halfway through graduate school, during a short summer break, I experienced a spontaneous kundalini awakening. And it's absolutely wild to me. This was not that long ago, but at that time, there was not a whole lot of information about what was going on. So I say I had a a spontaneous kundalini awakening, but I didn't know what was happening to me. And I didn't, it took me a while to learn what it actually was. And there was not the, on social media or on the internet, there, there, you could get it eventually, the information on it, but now it's so widely known, but at that time, I really thought I was going crazy or I was losing my mind. And I have explained this story, I believe, on my Instagram, so I don't want to go into huge detail about it, but it was a super blissful experience. I had a lot of extrasensory sort of things turn on, and my my body... Um, began involuntary movement, um, which I now learned was part of the kundalini rising. And it was assuming certain yoga postures. And so there were all these things that were going on. And I was like, holy cow, I don't know what this is. Again, I was somebody who every once in a while pulled tarot cards, had some, I, I had enough I haven't had enough of a foot in the spiritual world that I kind of knew that it was not anything to be super concerned about. But I 
I mostly thought I was, I was kind of going crazy. But then that subsided, paranoia settled. I, and I, I started to feel more like myself after about a month. So then after that, it was like back to business as usual. I just kept on moving along with my graduate school program, kept doing the things that I was doing, um, you know, passed, passed my board exams and just wanted to get started on my career. However, I do remember sitting sitting alone in a study room studying for my board exam after I graduated. And I remember feeling and experiencing what felt like liquid energy whooshing through my arms and through my feet. And this was something that was going on for several days at a time. And I got to the point where I actually was, you know, I was take into consideration I was studying for my boards and a lot of what I was studying was about neuromuscular conditions and I was pathologizing myself as I was experiencing it so I went to the doctor and they were like we don't really know what that is but we think you're fine so then it was just this whole thing and I remember thinking what is all of this? What does all of this mean? And I remember even having the question that I didn't really want to ask myself, which was, am I on the wrong path? Is this a sign that's telling me that this is not where I'm supposed to be going? And that was a terrifying question. So I passed my boards, like I said, I worked for about two years as a physical therapist. I still actually I still am working as a physical therapist, even to this day. But um, I had been working full time for two years. And I was seeing how insanely parasitic it is to work in modern day healthcare right now. And it only took me working in one setting as a physical therapist to know and really feel into my heart that it didn't matter what setting I would work in that I would always feel this way that I would always feel like I wouldn't I wouldn't really fit in to this profession because it was it was it's more of a system problem we know that our healthcare system here in the united states is very 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 far from perfect and it didn't really have to do with where i worked to feel that way so after 2 years of of being an adult a working adult i decided to open up an out of network physical therapy practice So when I say out of network, that means that we didn't take insurance. Um, We um, were strictly taking, you know, private payment for for physical therapy. And there's all, I want to also, I know that this is diving really far down the world of physical therapy, and I hope I don't lose you on this, but I, I feel like it's important to clarify that there are lots of settings 
for physical therapists. You can work in a hospital and help someone directly out of surgery. You can work in a nursing home and work with people who are recovering from stroke. You um, can, most people often think of an outpatient setting, and that would mean, you know, the place you would go if you were um, having back pain and you were working on that, or if you had like a minor injury and you would go to a clinic for that. So there's all types of of practices and, and ways to um, receive physical therapy. But my the business that I opened up was specifically around helping people with uh, minor injuries, um, with pain, people who are active, very active in playing recreational sports um, and helping them recover. And it, it wasn't just a it wasn't just me, it was me and a colleague of mine. And we decided to open up that practice in 2020. And as we know, like there was a lot of shit going down. And I also just stepped into my Saturn return, which just created <laughs> a whole nother element of, of chaos to all of it. Um, so maybe, maybe some of you are wondering like, why you know, Melanie, like you, you talk so much about holistic healing and about spirituality. And you were working with people who played sports. <laughs> and some of you may know this, some most of you probably don't, but exercise has been a huge medicine for me for a, a big part of my life. For a long time, I was a bit of a gym rat. I really specifically loved weight training and strength training. Um, I had that interest as well as having interests in things that, you know, like the esoteric. Like, I honestly, I will say that so much of my life I have felt like a walking contradiction. (laughs) So um, that that just continues to be a little bit of a theme in my life. So yes, I, I, I was very involved in that world of, of competition, of sports, of, of lifting weights and, and things like that. And a lot of you probably don't really know this, but the, Physical therapy as a profession can be very polarizing and very divided. Um, so, so there are physical therapists who, who really believe in healing touch and will do a lot of their work around centered around massage and around, um, I guess you could say, on a spectrum of holistic to less holistic. And when I say holistic, I mean more, I I don't, I think you know what I mean. I can't find a better word for it. Um, That would be more on the holistic side. And, And at that point in time, I very much identified to the other side because what physical therapy in the 70s was a lot of like massage and a lot of distortion or a lot of physical therapists were in 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 my opinion were 
attributing the patient's healing with the massage. And I think massage can facilitate healing, but I don't necessarily think it's just the massage. And so, yeah, I, I kind of just like, you know, we we tend to do just like our world in politics, we tend to lean towards one side. And I found myself on the side of, to be honest, being a little bit of uh, a jerk and, and kind of like putting down therapists who did a lot of manual work, meaning um, massage and certain techniques to mobilize joints because what I my philosophy was more we need to get people stronger and more empowered and to rely less on people outside of them to heal themselves so a lot of what I was doing in that business was getting people strong, was telling them that their bodies weren't fragile, was telling them that um, that they don't need to create changes to their body, like the, 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 they don't need to stretch their muscles and they don't need to do make physical changes to the s- tissue structures of their body in order to heal. And... <laughs> Now I'm seeing how much how how much that does not resonate with me anymore. And I think parts of that do, but parts of it don't. And I don't want to get too too lost in that because because it, I could talk about it forever and a lot of it probably would be a little bit out of context for you since you aren't in, I would assume that most of you are not in the world of physical therapy. But during that time, I was like, this, this is the thing, like, this is this business. This was my way of seeing if I could make a business that like really worked for me and and provide me with a sense of fulfillment. And after a year and a half, two years, I realized it didn't. I, and it, at that point, I didn't have a change of heart of uh, how I viewed healing. It just, it's so interesting because during that time, it was just a feeling of this isn't it. This isn't giving me the sense of fulfillment that I thought it would. And I don't, and I don't know what the next thing is, but I know this isn't it. (laughs) And I was grieving. I was grieving that I had spent so much of my life putting all my eggs in a basket into thinking like, this is what I'm going to do. Oh, that didn't work. This is what I'm going to do now. And then, you know, it was a huge financial investment and it was a lot of time and energy. And now I'm like, at this point, I was three years into my career and I was like, I don't want to be a physical therapist. What I'm seeing 
it doesn't make sense. (laughs) And I tried to do something totally different, and that didn't work either. Um, so, where do I want to go now? I guess, I guess I'll zoom out a little bit. And the fun thing is now that I'm at this place, I can make more connections looking back in my life. And one of the things that I notice is that from a very young age, of course, I was drawn to healing, but I was also drawn to art. And to me, art is art is such a beautiful metaphor to the spirit and to the great mystery. And I also noticed that I had very authentic spirit spiritual inclinations and interests that I suppressed my whole life and that I kept hidden. I also operated primarily in my masculine energy and conditioning from society. That was the whole idea of having to have a plan, having to work hard, having to check off a never-ending list of accomplishments. And then once I obviously, once I became a working professional, I realized that There was no jackpot of emotional fulfillment at the end of the race, and I was left pretty devastated. And and that created a massive awakening for me. Once I, I mean, it it was starting while I had that business, but it didn't really kick in full throttle until I decided to end it. The biggest thing that I see is is me living my life heavily influenced by others, but I really didn't know it. I had other people's energy in my space. I was subconsciously super scared to share this other part of me. Again, like I just felt like a walking contradiction. I couldn't integrate a side of me that felt very, very attuned to the unseen, to um, the occult, to to spirituality. And I also had this other side of me that loved the the physical, not that didn't love, but that could really thrive in the physical world. Like I loved to to work out. I loved to um to learn about things, learn from people and, and seek things outside of me. Like I never fit in into spiritual spaces, but I certainly didn't fit into like regular conventional spaces. And as far as my role, I felt that energy like super amplified. I, I tried so hard to hide aspects of myself that were maybe a little bit more woo-woo. And I, I, I just basically put blinders on everything. Um, I, when I was in physical therapy school, it was like, everything has to have an explanation. Everything has to have evidence. Everything has to be supported by a medical model. 
And now I'm at this place where I'm like, everything definitely doesn't have to be supported by a medical model because how do we make meaningful change if we don't question it and, and create, you know, the whole idea, I, I, I'm pretty sure that in physics, in the world of physics, um, you, there's, there's two opposing theories. There's like the theory of relativity and, and quantum physics. And so like Newtonian and, and quantum quantum physics and there's evidence supporting both but they're in direct contra con- contradiction to each other and i so deeply feel that in my own life and in the path that i've walked so far because i believe there's truth in both and i believe that part part of my role here is to integrate these two things to integrate real life things real life healing the body and things that we can't see which involves the subtle body and the aura and you'll find that i may talk more and more about the nervous system because the nervous system is the bridge between the seen and the unseen. Um, that this is definitely for a different episode, maybe for the next episode. But real healing, in my opinion, it is not reliant on an outside thing. It is not reliant on another person or uh, a modality. Those things can certainly facilitate healing and they are important and I am not denying it. But things get a little hairy when we start to assume that the healing power comes from outside of us. And I, I believe that we can have a, a more embodied, healthy way of engaging with healing by coming back to ourselves and our bodies and what we need. And obviously, there, that, that, sound, that is, um, is not as easy as that sounds. And it is much, much, much more nuanced. And that assumes a lot of um, privilege and a lot of, of, of right uh, resources and things. And I recognize that. But I'm hoping to bring greater awareness around the idea that healing can happen in the body because the body is so intelligent and it knows how to heal itself. It happens through through understanding and learning more about your nervous system and how to, to work with your nervous system to create a better environment for healing to occur. And it also happens in this big, big world that many of us in 
cannot quite see yet right now at this point in our evolution of consciousness, which is the subtle body, which is the aura or the energy field around us. And that is just as much a part of us as our hands or our feet. And I believe once we integrate all of those together and and I also want to say that body healing also encompasses mind. So, so belief and mindset and talk therapy and somatic healing and energy healing, all of these things, they talk to each other and they're all equally as important. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> I... I'm going to get a little vulnerable here and just say that I feel that this episode was very, very tangential and um, probably this episode was more for, for me than for anyone else. And I'm at this place now and this is a big one. Oh, this is the whole point of everything and I forgot to say it. So as I've said a few times already, I've felt like a walking contradiction. So when I was a physical therapist, I was just a physical therapist. Maybe I had some interest in fringe things, but I didn't talk about that. And I certainly didn't let it have it uh, weave into what I was doing in my work as a physical therapist. And then... I kind of shifted out of that energetically and was like, I'm going to step into doing tarot readings because they're fun. I've done them for a long time and they give me a tremendous amount of fulfillment and the healing that happens in a lot of them is, is unlike anything I've ever experience in the physical therapy that I've provided to patients. So I just derive so much more fulfillment in, in providing just tarot card readings. But then when I, when I started Rooted Light and this space and in all of this, I never really wanted to talk about my other life, the, other, the life that I came from as being a physical therapist because I felt like it was in direct opposition of the things I was doing. And again, it felt like there was one side of me or there was the other side of me, and those things could not coexist. And I've reached this space, and I'm still leaning into it, and I don't exactly know where it's going, what it'll look like, but I'm deciding to just get public about it. I am a physical therapist. It's now on my Instagram. And I do think it'll inform a lot of what I do and hopefully integrate the world of the subtle and the world of the physical. When I decided on Rooted Light, the name before the podcast, it was my Instagram, it is my Instagram name as well. It was the idea of being able to access 
higher levels of information, of spirituality, of, te- of things in that world, but still having your feet on the ground, still staying in this world. And I think I, for me, it also connects to the metaphor of we can, we can integrate two opposing parts of ourselves, things that may be in the physical versus the non-physical. And we can find union in that and union in that polarity. So just recently changed my bio. I'm now um, Dr. Melanie Custodio on Instagram, um, the psychic. So And I'm having fun with it. And I don't know how long it'll be there. I may decide to, you know, get rid of the title at some point in the future. Uh, But it's there. And it's there for who knows how long. And I'm really excited to finally accept and embrace two sides of me. (laughs) And not hide away. Um, That feels pretty good right now. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I especially want to thank those of you who reached out to me after the last podcast that I did. Oh, you have no idea how much joy that brings me. It just absolutely makes my day. And to know that I'm being received and that I am being heard. (laughs) So thank you. And I encourage you, again, if you at all resonate with my work, um, or you just want to say hi, I am always, always down to connect and love to hear from you. And if you at all just get a lot out of this podcast, please, please, please share it with someone. That way we can, um, we can broaden our reach here, and I would love that. Uh, just a quick reminder that I also offer tarot readings um, or psychic channeling. Uh, I do a bit of both, and I also offer soul alignment sessions, so you can check out on my bio about those. Thank you so much, guys. Bye-bye.